talk about this all the time, is that 65 to 70% of all scrimmage plays result in tackle, five to eight scrimmage plays result in takeaway. Usually only about four to six, maybe 10% of your practice might be scheduled for actually quote unquote tackling drills. And the reality is, is there's a huge gap between four and 6% and 65 to 70%. So the key is about how do I go ahead and reduce that gap? On this week's clinic series, we dig into the art and science of tackling. It's a skill that demands both physical prowess and strategic understanding. As the game evolves with rules, changes designed for player safety, and just a better understanding overall of performance, so too must your tackling systems. This evolution is crucial in bridging the gap between practice drills and in-game performance, ensuring that players can react effectively in high-pressure situations. The tackling system, as outlined by Fordham's assistant Vince Digitano, encompasses various phases designed to develop a holistic approach to tackling. He diagrams the system as a pyramid. We'll share that graphic on coachandcoordinator.com. It starts with instilling trust and psychological readiness in players, fostering a belief in the coaching methodology and an understanding of the defensive principles beyond mere technique. While Coach Dig goes deeper into this in the, his entire presentation, the rest of which is available from Lawrence First and Goal, this sets a good foundation for you to think about your tackling within your defense and where to get started on tackling in 2024. The presentation is part of Lawrence First and Goal Premium Clinic Passes, which allow you to view the 2023 clinic presentations now and give you your ticket and your long access to the 2024 clinic. The link is in the show notes. Here's my good friend, Coach Vince Digitano segment from his presentation, Creating Phases for Your Tackling System. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. 
obviously honored to be here. Been, you know, supporting Lawrence First and Goal for probably about 15 years now. Going back to the camp, you know, incredibly thankful for Coach Luce and, and the opportunities that he presents coaches. And then obviously the work that he does for, for the foundation. And, and thank you, Lauren and Grace. Marianne and Patrice got you in there too for, for everything that, that, that they all do. Incredibly meaningful to be part of this and happy to be able to represent Fordham in this too. So topic that I picked and most people kind of that watch me end up knowing me a little bit more, sometimes for some general stuff, but maybe not for run fits, you know, maybe not for just film grinding, you know, maybe not for just a scheme person. But at the end of the day, a lot of people end up relating me to the tackling system and how to enhance tackling systems and, and how to present them and drill work and breaking down film and grading and all that other stuff too. So one of the things I wanted to share is how we've taken this and started to create more phases for the full year in the tackling system. I think that this is kind of something that's become a lot more pressing as we as we have seen that the, the seasons change a little bit. And I think it's actually something that you can apply regardless of the level that you're at, because there's a lot of work that at the higher levels you can do somewhat independently. There's stuff that you could do that's non-pad that even as relatable to the youth level. Before we get into anything, you know, centering a lot around our core values of Fordham of effort, attitude, and accountability, we look very closely at the idea of what it, when a tackle occurs. And I talk about this all the time, is that 65 to 70% of all scrimmage plays result in a tackle, five to eight scrimmage plays result in a takeaway. Usually only about four to six, maybe 10% of your practice might be scheduled for actually quote unquote tackling drills. And the reality is, is there's a huge gap between four and 6% and 65 to 70%. So the key is about how do I go ahead and reduce that gap? And what we always look at is making sure that every part of the, of the practice, especially on defense, is about getting to the football in position. And every one of those situations is an opportunity to go ahead and train tackle. The term that I use, right, a lot of times is about making the extreme routine. When we look, especially at like combat sports, and football obviously is a contact sport, right? You look at the combat, combat performance that happens inside of there too. Resting heart rate is roughly going to be in that area around that, that 115 area. When it starts to raise above that 145, individuals start to gain tunnel vision, right? So the reality is, is that they really can't focus and they just kind of, they start to overthink situations when that happens. That usually refers to a lot of our kids when it comes to panic, right? When they panic, when they're in an unfamiliar circumstance or unfamiliar situation. So when we look at the areas that create um, an opportunity for optimal survival and contact performance, we ultimately look at three different things. We look at complex motor skills. We look at visual reaction time and cognitive reaction. So in training that, what does that actually look like and what does that actually feel like, right? So optimal performance for complex motor skills requires the ability to go through movements. So that's one of the things we're going to really spend a lot of time on is about the movements that are associated when it comes to, when it comes to co contact, specifically tackling in this, in this instance. We talk about the idea that in that 0.25 seconds of visual reaction time, it allows the movement to respond. Time is really about movement. Time is a measurement of movement. I actually heard the RZA say that once from the Wu-Tang Clan. So it's time is a measurement of movement, ultimately, that, or time is a measurement of motion, right? To what we look at and when we look at that stuff. So the visual reaction time off that really happens in such a split second that ultimately is going gonna, is gonna to have a, a huge impact on our cognitive reaction time, where we strengthen the ability between those complex motor skills, visual reaction time, and have that, that all work together where our head talks to our feet ultimately. And the hardest part when the head talks to the feet 
is when we're at distance. So that huge long triangle that works from distance of the ball carrier makes our head have to actually speak to our feet. So the further you are, the two, the two furthest parts of your body have to speak to each other and have to react relatively quickly. So the more that you do that, the more that comfortable you're going to be and the less likely you are to panic and, 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 and be able to have to get tunnel vision. So ultimately, when they get tunnel vision, it doesn't allow players to go ahead and improvise. It doesn't allow players to see the entire field. So that's one thing I want to point out when, we, when we're looking at the drill work that we're going to like work through in these phases. I'm really uh, excited about the opportunity that I have, obviously, to work very closely, not only with our players, but with our strength staff in making sure that when we look at movement, that we have some consistency to how we build movement and how we build our, our, our drill work within the movement. So we kind of developed what's called our contact performance for tackle development pyramid, right? It starts at the base of it with trust. The player's ability to go ahead and trust what you're talking about and believe in what you're talking about to show that there's evidence of what's happening. Evidence is a huge indicator of trust. We start with the base of the psychological, the ability for them to go ahead and sometimes take the initiative for them to be able to go ahead and understand outside of what you're teaching, to have some ownership of what they're learning. Those are big keys of it. And that's the willingness for them to be there. I was just asked recently about tackling drills. And they said, if what's the number one tackling drill that you would do if you had to evaluate a player? I would probably do something where they have to close space and to see when they close space, how they can manage their body in that space. And then as space closes down, a lot of that has to do with their, with their, their confidence level, with their focus, with their ability to go ahead and have a, a real core understanding of things like leverage. So when we talk about the spirituality of it, we talk about the idea of, the tackle culture you build, the contact culture you build, like the ability to control their body, but ultimately the meaning of the why behind it, right? So we're not just doing drills for the sake of doing drills. There are many times, and I know there's critics out there on everyday drills, that when they look at them, the everyday drills don't always match up with what we're actually teaching. So it's key that when we're building this and we're building that confidence that we ultimately have some kind of understanding as to what they're doing. And then that ultimately helps to build that foundation of, of the energy systems, the ability to, to, to have that aerobic and anaerobic understanding of the energy system, the ability for movement and stability in the neuromuscular side, and then, and then be able to, to manage speed and power. When we start to get it into the, the technical and the tactical piece of it, those are the smallest parts. Those are the add-ons, and those will all become relatable because if they really understand the foundation of the why, they can control the, the surroundings of the why, then ultimately we meet at the top with a scheme and the ability to execute the scheme in a tactical fashion helps you with game decision, helps you with game planning, and helps you understand it. So these are kind of some foundational things I wanted to get into as we get into the phases because I feel like those are – are helpful, especially when, when you're watching players, you know, in conditioning sessions or you're watching players in the weight room and understanding their movement patterns and understanding what their limitations are with them and then understanding how you can support them all outside of those regions too. So looking at tackles, right? And here's a study we kind of do annually. This is something we did from two years ago. But a lot of what we're going to talk about is going to be about the major coaching point is that we're always going to make sure that we're talking about staying square to the football. Because the more that we stay square to the football, the better, especially with the first person that goes ahead and, and leverages the ball, the better chance we have of reducing the yardage. So this is just a, just a little synopsis, right? So we look at, uh, in, in two years ago, about 707 tackles and 141 times that we entered the first ball carrier square to the football. You could see that in those times, it was only 2.23 yards after possession. We're talk, not talking about after carry, we're talking about after possession as opposed to, out of fairness, the being on the back hip of the ball carrier and having it almost doubled 
and then ultimately giving up almost twice the yardage when that happens on those situations. So one of the major things that we'll focus on is the ability to go ahead and fix when, when you're on the back hip or when you're on that front hip. Like you see in the picture where 288 times where Jesse is, we talk about the front hip. We're still in front, but we're, we're off center as opposed to where Richie is on the left-hand side where we're totally square. Now, if you notice, there's they're at different height angles. And we're going to talk a little bit about the height angles as we kind of go. But the reality is, is that we're looking at making sure the entry point for the first ball carrier is an area that's not going to let the air out of the ball, out of the football, and that we go, go ahead and reduce the yardage, reduce the space, and ultimately get more players to the football. Okay, And then if you look at that in those situations, you almost come up with the formula of it on a percentage. And the, on the high side, when we're less square to the football, we're going to give up more yards. Basically, if we're able to go ahead and stay 50% in front square to the football or have some combination where it's 70% in front, probability is the numbers will show that you will be, especially at this level, one of the top 10 defenses in the country statistically. These are things that we strive to and point out to our players. It, again, has the why behind it. It builds the culture. It builds what we're actually looking at, and we kind of take it from there. In the offseason, and this is an example of one of our players, in the offseason, you start to look at how do we actually grade the players. So if you notice, there's not a lot of background statistical data. There's really only the entry point game by game. Where do they enter the football? Front hip, back hip, square. Statistically, James Jimmy here did a pretty good job on the season. But the key is, is when you look at right across right across the board, you like starting from the feet to the eyes and each of the specifics, what are the areas the specific, instead of just data backing it up, also allowing us to coach it, to see it every day and say, what are the things that we're going to work on, right? Just specifically with Jimmy, I'm going to work on his footwork, right? I'm going to make sure that, and, and a lot of times we, we, we harp on the near foot. But the trail foot is sometimes just as important because if you want to be able to push the center mass of your body, and we're going to get deeper into the center mass part of it, if you want to push the center mass of your body, it's going to be about keeping your feet underneath your hips to be able to go ahead and lead with that foot. So again, that's an area that we want to make sure to improve upon, and that's what we fix in the offseason, right? So when we look at the needs for the tackling, like we start off with, in the phases, we start off and say, well, what are we trying to get done? And one of the things, obviously, we're trying to get done is, as I just mentioned before, is... How can we go ahead and keep our feet underneath our hips, you know, with the overall strain to stay square to the football? Okay, that's always going to be something we're going to search for. We look at, like, other teams, and we look at where they do well. They do a great job from, from being in position, especially in space, and then once they make a decision that they have to get somewhere, they cross over run without losing steps. And then, again, the other part of it is about angles. Angles to the football, angles of entry, how tight can we make our angles, how tight can we go from being thin to getting thick and being square on ball carriers. And you see we do it at level two, first level, second level, third level, obviously working from fit and gaps. So it doesn't matter if you got the run fits, okay, making sure we got the run fits on in there. And then obviously keep it working second level and all the other stuff, all the other good stuff too. So just to kind of give you a little background on some of the um, the basic terms we use for the tackling system. One of the big things we talk about is always seek, strike, and strain. So we're talking seek, strike, and strain. Very Cobra Kai-like in that respect. We want to seek, strike, and strain. We want to close space. We want to be in position, and we want to finish. Those are the three things. When we talk about the GOAT, we talk about what a GOAT eat. You want to be the greatest of all time. You want to be the GOAT. You want to be the GOAT. You got to eat the grass. So we talk about it all the time, take up defender's space. Big key is find a way to enter to the ball carrier and get square. Right. We have a number of drills that we kind of work through that, but we're going to we're going to take today in the pre spring stuff of how we kind of really, really reiterate and build what that should look like by the back end. But again, 
If there's space, they make space, you take space, basically the bottom line. So if you want to be the goat, got to eat the grass, okay? Notice I didn't say a lot about that. We'll work on the drill work. We'll kind of back end that from, from, from back to front, but then we'll kind of keep going from there. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective. So I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com demo and mention Coaching Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. Here are our winning edge takeaways and ideas for implementation. One, remember the statistic that Coach Diggs shared. 65 to 70% of all scrimmage plays result in a tackle and 5 to 8% result in a takeaway. Usually only about 4 to 10% of your practice might be scheduled for actual tackling drills. And the reality is there's a huge gap between 4 and 10% and 65 to 70%. Like Coach Digg, think about how you can put the teaching of tackling back into all of your practice so that the actual numbers align more. This doesn't mean that contact must increase. It means that the details of teaching body position, closing space, footwork, etc. must have a high priority throughout practice. Great schemes are not effective if you tackle poorly. And two, overall skill development should be thought of like Coach Dick shared with his pyramid. He named contact performance tackler development. Get the graphic on the show notes on coachingcoordinator.com to see this visual. It starts with the foundation of trust, and it considers all aspects of what go into developing skill. Psychological, physical, technical, and tactical, with biomechanical systems and movements, as well as coaching and planning application, coming together to build a system for teaching skills that apply to what you do on the field. While it may seem more complex than what drills are we doing today, it ensures a complete development of creating player success on the field. As I mentioned, the entire presentation is available from Lawrence First and Goal. Links to the passes I mentioned are in the show notes. Follow all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com and follow us on X at Coach K Grabowski.